Good morning. I hope everybody has had a great week and uh, getting ready for these holidays and kind of eating through all the candy that you got, getting ready for Thanksgiving now and getting ready for the next season. And so I hope that uh, you're starting to prepare, spending a lot of good family time. Uh, I think one of our announcements was outdated, wasn't it? Uh, the ladies went last night, uh, had, had, I think, 14 or 15 ladies that went. Uh, it was a powerful time. Lisa was sharing the testimonies with me of just going door to door and passing stuff, praying for different people. And I'm going to tell you who grows from this. It's the people who do it. Uh, because you'd be amazed how you think, oh, we're just going to go and do this. And you start to watch somebody open that door, and it's hard to talk. It's hard to actually feel comfortable, you know, doing that. And it takes practice. It takes time. And so when we have these events, ladies, men, uh, don't think we're doing it just to find something to fill a void. We're doing it because there's growth in it. There's things that will help you. And so we hope that you'll be a part, even the Passion Conference, for those that are college and career age, if you're not married, and, and you're like, well, I need a group to hang with. Well, this is a challenge. This is, well, I'm not good in groups. Well, get good in groups. Uh, you know, it's, you, you are where you are because you're stuck there. And don't, if you, the moment you quit being stuck where you are, you'll get better. That's just the way it works. I can't fix stuck. Stuck is stuck. You can keep going by the same vehicle every day that's in the yard stuck. And you know what's going to change? Nothing. It's going to be in the same spot for long. You get used to it sitting right there, sunk down, not moving. Sooner or later, somebody's got to move it. Sooner or later, something's got to change to cause it to change its direction. Us men, we just got back the uh, last few days from a fishing trip that we had for sign up, and all those that got to go, we had a blast doing that. Uh, fishing was not the greatest this time. I, I, that's fishing. Sometimes we don't. We caught some. Uh, we didn't tear them up like normal. The cold weather got us. Uh, it was cold, and it was cold down there. Uh, I know because I had to step off once again out of the boat because we stuck one. And uh, whenever that happens... That's a bad thing, especially when the temperature on your uh, gauge says the water is uh, 50 degrees and, uh, and, and your body temperature is 99 or 97. And, and when you step out of that boat and it changes, whoo, it turned your toes blue. So uh, we, had a, we had memories. We made some memories, too. So I hope that you're, you're weak. I hope that everything's going good. I'm going to start this morning sharing something, and I hope that, I hope that you get this because because what I'm fixing to share will be the catalyst for our next year. Um, I, I'm going to begin uh, next week on understanding praise and the power of praise in our life and how praise works and the purpose of praise. But today I want to kind of set the mark for what is going to be kind of the theme for the entire year. So it doesn't matter what I'm preaching on, it's going to have a flavor toward this mindset. It's going to be the word advancing. I really believe with all of my heart this year, as far as our church, it is our season to once again, not, you know, some churches like, oh, we're going to finally break. We, we do it regularly. It, I mean, we didn't get to here by not advancing. We didn't, we didn't come through all the building programs and all the growth and everything that we've done and all the ministries and tons of turkeys last night and, 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 and all the stuff that we, we didn't do that by not advancing. But what happens in life is we get to a moment to where we have settled and we have lived in a certain place so long and we've lived at a certain level in our life for so long to where even church or even the things that we do gets to be distasteful or to the point of so comfortable we just go through the routine. And so for our church, I believe with all of my heart, this next year, it is another powerful, I mean, it's going to be a powerful year of advance. Now, that that is good and bad. It always is. Because as I've told you, I've got about 10 good years left in me. I have about 10 plus good years. You may live with some bad years with me, but I, I, if my health holds up, I got 10 good years. And then it gets into that I'm forgetting things and I'm stuttering and I'm, I'm whatever. And so, but but for the next 10 years... I'm, I'm gonna be hopefully at maximum efficiency. I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be gray haired, smart, wisdom, and got some energy to go with it. That's, that's what you want. You don't want too young because if you're too young, then you don't know nothing. And, and if you're too old, you can't do it anymore. I want to be right in that, 
at that hot spot. I want to be right where I got the white hair, but I'm not so broken down I can't still do some stuff. Does that make sense? Anybody understand? Anybody ever see? I mean, that's that that's when you're at your prime. You are you are you are maximizing the the life. So so I, it's taken me thirty something years of ministry to get to my prime, to get to my place where I've earned my gray hair. I still got some energy. I'm not broke down yet. And so for the next ten plus years, I, I'm like let's let's do it. But now the problem is, is that some of my folks that got here with me, they done broke down. Some of them done slowed down. Some of them, some of them done, done, done reaching retirement mindsets and, 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 and they don't, they don't want to do as much as they used to. So, so there's a whole nother group that God is bringing and sending. And some of you that are here, you aren't part of some of the other situations and buildings or, 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 or ministries or, and you're like, I want to be part. Well, guess what? You, you are hitting the right time at the right season for all the things because I believe with all of my heart, God is fixing to flip another season and flip another moment where we're going to advance. And there's going to be ministries that we don't have yet, but they're coming. There's going to be people that we haven't touched yet, but we're going to touch. And there's going to be things that we're going to do that we've never done yet, but we're fixing to move and we're fixing to see things. And and it's not about Pastor Lot anymore. It's about a church moving. It's about a whole group moving. And that's what it requires because let's say we talk about God's way. If we say, all right, this next year we want to get God's way built. We want the ministry going. We want to have Sunday services. We want to have all of this. Well, that's wonderful. But who's going to be my tutors? Because I guarantee you, you don't want me tutoring kids down at Oakdale and and different places. I'm, I'm not the tutoring type. But we've got people who have teaching degrees. Yeah, you do good when you're getting paid to teach. But what I want to know is can you volunteer Can you give your time to say, I'll go down there on Tuesday and tutor kids and do this? See, it's going to be a new season. It's going to require stepping out. It's going to require doing more. It's going to require our mindset of moving and advancing. Let let me see if I can give it to you this way. As you turn in your Bibles, go with me to Deuteronomy. You can tell I'm kind of excited. Uh, Go with me to Deuteronomy, the first chapter, verses 2 through 8, will be our scriptures to to break us in. But let me explain advancing when I say the word advance. When I, li- I love thesauruses. Uh, I didn't really know what they were in high school and, and at that age. And nobody really, I wasn't very good at all that. But as I've grown older, I'm learning. There's a lot of cool stuff in books. I'm learning. In the thesaurus, and you talk about the word advance, here's some of the ways it, it breaks out. It means to shape up. When you advance, it means you're shaping up. If you don't, it means you're going to regress. It means to, to, to march on, to progress, to move on, to pass on. Or if you don't do that, it means to retire, to retreat, to pull back, to recede, withdraw, draw back, or move back. See, it's either one or the other. It's like, well, I just want to kind of just stay happy. You can't. Another word for it literally means to bring forward, to bring something forward that was meant to come forth. Or the opposite of that means to just push it back. It means to pull ahead, to go ahead, to gain, to gain ground. Or it means to drop off, to lose, fall back or fall behind. It can mean to upgrade, to raise, to promote, to elevate. Or it can mean to demote, to get a demotion. And that sounds strange in our Christian world because really we think of Christianity as just finding a place to go to church and kind of settling in, but God doesn't see it that way. When you begin to read the Bible and you begin to to, to spend any time in it, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, here's what you're going to find out about God. Either the story is about somebody progressing or it's a story about somebody regressing. It's never a story. We don't ever read a story about somebody, you know, they just started off happy and, and at the end they just ended up the same, just happy. No, even if you go to Job, he starts off at a good place, but he has to go through all he has to go through to get to a great place. It doesn't matter in the Bible when you start to spend time with God or in the Bible or anything, you're going to find out real quick quick that this is the way God operates. This is how he moves. This is how things go. And so if you stay somewhere long enough, you're going to realize that, okay, God's not going to remain here forever. God's not going to just stop here for the next 30 years. There are churches this morning that are struggling. There are groups struggling today. There's denominations struggling today. Why? Because, listen, because they got a place where God was at one time, and they thought he will always be right here. 
he will always be blessing a redback hymnal. And, and, and anybody that does it any other way, it just won't be as good. Somewhere along the 70s and 80s and 90s, things changed. And if I told every one of you to stand today and grab your book and stand there and look at it and let's sing along with the praise team, it would seem odd because God is moving. In fact, you can't even find a radio station other than contemporary or why? Because God is always moving. And so the mindset has to be, okay, God, you may stop for a while. You may have sat for a while, but the goal is, is that you want us to move forward. You want us to move always from the good to the great. You're always wanting us to be able to move forward. In Deuteronomy, we have a story that will give us our, our setup for this. Could pick any of them. But let's go to Deuteronomy 1, verses 2 through 8, and let's look at this mindset. They are 11 days' journey from Horeb by the way of Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. And it came to pass in the fourth year of the eleventh month of the day of the month that Moses spake unto the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him in the commandment unto him after he had slain Sion, the king of the Amorites, which dwelt in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, which dwelt in Ashtaroth and Edah, on the side of the Jordan in the land of Moab began Moses to declare this law, saying, The Lord our God spake to us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough in this mount. Turn you and take your journey and go into the mountain of the Amorites unto all the places nigh thereunto, and into the plain and into the hills and into the vale of the south and by the seaside, the land of the Canaanites, unto Lebanon, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and give unto them and to their seed after them. I want to speak this morning on advancing. Go back with me to verse 6, and I want to, I want to hit this verse. Because in the middle of all this story, we have this one verse. The Lord your God spake unto us in Horeb. And here's what he said. You have dwelt long enough on this mountain. You have stayed long enough right where you are. You have lingered long enough right here. Let me give you a little bit of insight into this. The, the book of Deuteronomy is, is a unique book. It's the fifth book of the Torah. It is the, the, the final law. In fact, the book Deuteronomy literally means the second law, the second telling of the law. Because really the book of Deuteronomy is a message of sermons, three sermons, in fact, preached by Moses, but he preaches them after they have reached their dead end. And he goes back and he begins to re-preach, and here's the deal. He realizes that I'm not going to get to go into Canaan. I'm not going to get to go into the promised land. You'll read about this when you get to the final sermon of Deuteronomy where he talks about Joshua becoming the leader and God telling uh, Moses, you're not going to go in, and he gets to see the land, but he doesn't. That's the final sermon. But we're dealing with the first one, but these three sermons are dealing with Moses sharing with the children of Israel what happened to them and what took place in their lives and why they are where they are. He said, listen, you remember when we started this journey. You remember when we started at, at Horeb, the Mount of God. You remember when we began and God told us, he said, get out from here. It's time to leave this mountain. It's time to leave this place. And what he was looking for, and God is still looking for, are progressive thinking people. He is always looking for people who can think progressively. Let, let me see. Look at it this way. When you be, deal with progressive people, some call us ADD. Some call us we can't sit still. Some call us we're always dreamers. You may be called by all sorts of names, but here's the thing. Here, here's the way we are, we're listed as. We are people that must move. We are people that cannot stay where we're at forever. Some people can buy a house, have a car, and, and, and have a little bit of life, and, and they're fine for the next 40. You ever go to grandma's house or somebody's house that, that, they're good that way. I'm not trying to be ugly or mean. I'm just being honest. There's some people, they bought their curtains in 1972. And it's 2018. When you go back to grandma's house, 
Her house looks exactly, it's the same couch. You've told her a thousand times, we need to redo this. Yeah, I know, I know. I I wish y'all would help me sometime. But if you ever dare start to try to go through it, no, we can't touch, no, no, got to leave. Well, how are we going to change if you don't change? Anybody know what I'm talking you, you, You're around certain people, and they're not progressive people. They, they bought their car in 1980. The hood is already done, done rusted off. You can basically see through the top and see the engine. But that thing ain't got but like 30,000 miles on it because they only go to the grocery store. They only go to here. They only go there. They, they got a routine. They, and you me tell you something. Listen, don't be mad. They are happy. Listen to me. They are happier than I am. I've woke up a many a day in my life and wished I could be that person. I have dreamed. I just want to. My wife has told me a thousand. Why can't you just be happy? Why can't you? I mean, look at all God's doing. Look at all that. Why can't you just relax and enjoy? Because something in me, I can enjoy it for a while. I can say, okay, we've done great. Let's enjoy this. for. But after a season, there's something in me that says, is this it? Am I just going to be doing the same old thing for the next 20 years in the same way and the same people wearing the same clothes and and, and doing everything? I, I mean, sometimes I just can't stand the thought of it being the same forever. And listen to me, these are the people that God looks for. The people that will change a church or change a world are the people that can think and say, it's nothing wrong with wanting things to never be the same. And what we have to do is we have to drag the others kicking and screaming. Come on, it's going to be a, no, it's not. I can't tell you all the seasons from 25 years ago over there to where we've got to here. You should have seen the fight just to go to chairs instead of pews. You, you don't think that would be, you'd think we're going to give you something more comfortable to sit in. Oh, no. That, that thing's hurting your back. It's a wood back. It's going to, oh, no. I had to, years ago, I had to buy four of those chairs that you see up there at the top. That's, that, was the, that was the chairs that were in our first building. I had to buy four of them and put them in the old sanctuary over here. I just put them, lined them up where people could just come and sit on them. Ever so, they didn't want to sit them during church. I just set them there so that people could try them out. And for months, those chairs just sat there, and somebody would come sit them. And, and, and I had to make sure that I got pew chairs, because if there was any gap between them, oh, it would have never sold. It would have never happened. But the fact that I got them where you had to push them, and actually the cushions actually bumped together, and, and Sheila remembers a lot of this, and so I had to put, uh, put them together, and I just left them sitting there, and one at a time would come, well, this ain't so bad. Yeah, see, it ain't so bad. Brother so-and-so said it ain't so bad. And it was months of getting through to where they finally decided, we will not buy pews. We will buy chairs so we can take them apart and have vacation Bible school in the church. Otherwise, we would have never been able to use our facility the way we wanted because you'd have never been able to break it down. You'd have had a whole other building to do vacation because you're not hauling those 20-foot pews outside and laying them in the yard all for a week. So all of that was, was in the process. I can tell you a thousand times of, of, of people that were comfortable, happy. Progressive people don't stay attached to people or organizations very long if they're not moving. They want to maximize life. They want more out of life. You want more out of life. Uh, here, here recently, I'm, I'm, I'm studying archery. I don't know anything about archery. I've never even shot anything in archery. I want to get a crossbow, and I'm trying to figure out which one's good and which one's not, and which how you, I'm trying to figure out how you even take care of and what this grease does, dove on the on the strings, and I, I know nothing about it, and 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 I'm learning all this. Why? Why you want to learn that? Do you even? I don't even deer hunt, but I have to do that too somewhere. I, this last week, my son and me, we put a, a deer feeder up that I've had. I got it for pastor appreciation twelve years ago. It was still in the box. Twelve years later, I finally pulled it out, and I said, Nathan, we're putting this thing together. We're going to sit it out over here in the yard. Well, how does it work? I have no idea, Nathan. We don't even have corn. I just want to see it put together, standing there. At least it'll look right. At least it'll be said. I don't have no idea. We'll figure that out. I had no idea that the battery that came with it had worn out by the time I had put it in. It was no good. So I still have not seen it go, yeah, but it will. Why are you doing all that? Why don't you just sit and watch football? Why don't you just relax and just... Because in my life, I want to I experience more of life. Anybody in here like that? 
you ain't got to want to jump out of an airplane, but you just want, I don't want life to be the same thing forever. These are the people that want less waste in their life. Look, the word advance, the definition means to accelerate the growth of something. When you advance, it means you've, you've speeded up the process. You progress forward or move forward. You raise to a higher rank or importance. It's a first step. It is a first step or an approach made. When somebody advances, it's, it doesn't mean you accomplish everything. It just means I'm making the first step. I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to advance. I'm not going to stand still. I'm not going to go backwards. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to advance. It means one step. It just means trying. And usually what's attached to that is, is a lot of times what gets hijacked in our, in our Christian world is increase. Because that's where it gets stuck. Hey, we want to, we want to, we want to increase. We want to increase. But listen to me. The advancement is what you focus on. The increase is what happens. So listen to me. You become greater in size, your amount, your intensity, or your degree. So when you look at all seasons, people will say, you know what they ask? They say, well, how did y'all get so big? That's not the right question. Because I don't have an answer for how we got bigger. I have an answer for how we advanced. So what it, it, it sometimes kind of catches pastors when I talk to them off guard because they're like, would you come and check out my church and, and tell me what we need to do to grow? And I'm thinking, oh, okay. So when I walk in and I say, you need to bench that singer and you need to get that person out of from in- welcoming people because they don't even smile. You need, well, you, you, you want me to change my church? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the goal is not, we're not going to have a spaghetti dinner and you're going to grow. You're going to have to advance. You're going to have to change some things. You're, and what's going to happen is when you get the right people smiling and shaking hands, when you get the right people singing and the anointing flows, when you get all these things in place, then guess what? People will start to come. And then you'll look at somebody and they'll say, well, where did all these people go? You'll say, like I do. I have no idea where all of you came from. I just know that we did everything we could to advance. And God brought the increase. God sends the people. God allows growth. So in our our modern world, we get it backwards. Hey, send me $5 and God's going to bless you 60-fold, 100. That's not the goal. The goal is to advance. The goal is to increase in your ability to move forward. And as you do, God makes the promise that I will make you greater. I will make you stronger. I will make you more complete. I will make you whole. I will make you mighty. Let the weak say that I'm strong. Why? Because I'm advancing. As we said, Deuteronomy is his second law. It's three sermons. Can, in the very first verse that we read, it's a unique verse, that verse 2, because it talks about that it was only an 11-day journey from where they started. When God said, it's time to go, time to go, it was an 11-day journey, verse 2 said, to Kadesh Barnea. 11 days to get to the, to the, to the door of Canaan land. 11 days is all it was taking. Can I tell you something? It took them 14,000 days. Look at the person beside you and say, 11 and 14,000. That's a big difference. It took from 11 days that it should have taken that God said, 11-day journey. God said, I've already walked it out, already done measured it. It takes 11 days to walk it. It took you 14,000 days to get to your Moses said. He said, 40 years ago, we started on an 11-day journey, and 40 years ago, it took us 14,000 days to finally get to the point to where, where we are right now. So the question is, is when we advance, how do we do it properly? What does advancing look like? How, how do we do it without coming from an 11-day journey? Because what I'd like to do is I'd like to advance in the next 300 days. I would like to advance in the next year. I would like to advance in the next couple of years. I would like for your marriage to advance and be twice what it is is that right now and, and, and be next year powerful and mighty to where you're talking to other couples and helping other couples. How do I do that in 300 days? How do I do that in a short period of time? How do I go from Pastor Lot, I can't pay my bills. I, I can't, I, you know, I can't only have a checkbook. I don't, I don't know how to balance my, how do I go in 300 days from there? You will have to advance. I would love by the end of this for you to have a savings. I would love for you not to spend every dime and then have to beg somebody for some more dimes. I would love for you to be able to, at the end of this, to advance in your life. Anybody like that? Let me show you what advancing looks like. 
Because there was an 11-day journey that they messed up. And here's what advancing was supposed to be. Number one, every one of these comes in a two-part. So when I talk to you this morning, it comes as a two-part. Number one, they were supposed to hear and obey. Look at that person beside you and say, you have to hear and obey. It's that simple. When God began to talk to them, he said, listen, you're going to have to know the voice of God. You're going to have to hear. You're going to have to be able to hear me. And I know we like to use excuses about that, and we like to, to, to kind of like, oh, well, I, you know, Pastor Lot. And, uh, no, no, listen to me. If you're saved in here today, if you have any relationship with God at all, quit playing the stupid card. Just quit playing it because it don't work on me. Every single one of you hear from God. The problem is you don't want to do it. You knew you weren't supposed to make, uh, get hooked up with that dipstick. Everything in you told you he was a loser. But you did it anyway. Everything in you told you, this is a dumb idea. You did it anyway. Everything in you. You can hear. You don't want to hear, but you can hear. Here's what the Bible says in John 10 and 4. Even Jesus, he's not lying. Jesus says, I'll tell you how it is. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. So when somebody says, well, I want to be in a relationship with God. I want to, well, the children of Israel said the same thing. They wanted to be in a relationship with God. And they, they were tired of being in slavery. They were tired of being in bondage. They were tired. The Bible said for 400 years, there was no voice of God. There was no word from God. And they were crying out, please come get us. Please, we want you to be our God. We want you to be. And every one of you that's ever gotten saved, you've done the same thing. You said, God, I'm tired of this life. I'm tired of making my own decision. I keep messing it up. Please save me. Forgive me for my sins. And you thought that that was all that took place. But that's not what took place was he came inside and he said now I'm going to make my abode in you now I'm going to live in you and now I'm going to reside in you and I'm going to have sup with you and we're going to spend time together and from that moment on you messed up because like the children of Israel you just wanted to get free you just wanted to get out of the mess you were in you never really wanted to hear that voice all the time it'll mess up your drinking parties when you hear that voice Everybody else seems to be having fun, and you're sitting there thinking, oh, this is so dumb. Why am I doing this? You're talking to yourself. Why? Because there's somebody with you. He says, my sheep follow me because they know my voice. And I said, another, they will not follow. So what you're fighting against is you're fighting against a voice that God has put you and given to you so that your life could be advanced. Your struggle has not been against drugs your struggle has not been against alcohol. Your struggle is not against cheating. It's not against even bad decisions. Let me tell you your struggle. You just won't listen. If you just listen, the decisions, he's already got those. He's already got where you need to be. You just need to listen. Just allow that voice to guide you to do the right thing. And so he says, listen, recognize it. How am I going to know, Brother Lot, if, if it's the right voice? How am I going to know if it's the right voice? The voice that God will speak to you, listen to me, will always be about your advancement and your increase. That's how you know the difference. Let's say, let's say if, if God spoke to you and, and, and say picking somebody to date. They're so toothless over there with no job and living with a mama and, and, and God speaks to you and says, I don't want you dating that ugly one over there. Oh, I heard that, Lord. God done told me not to even mess with you. But what if God tells you that one that's got the cool car? You know, you don't drive yet, but they got the car that you like. And they, you, you know, they, they wear that cologne you like. And they call you. Nobody else calls you, but they call you all the time. I mean, they just always checking on you and just, just, just hovering over you. It's, oh, it's just, uh, oh, it's everything I ever dreamed for. And God says, something wrong there. You don't need to be messing with that one. God, you just want to take everything good from me, God. See, listening, the first understanding is to realize that any decision God's going to put into your life is always about your advancement. My parents, whether you were raised by parents, grandparents, whoever, if they loved you, there's two things that they did. They either encouraged you, and those are the times you liked it, didn't it? Man, when they, when they put their arm around you, like, you're a smart person. You can figure this. You can do this. We love that. But then there's the other side of those parents and grandparents when they disciplined us, rebuked us. Did you think that they loved you then? No. 
And because you didn't fix that inside of you, and because you didn't correct that inside of you, you've been carrying that for years. And now that you're supposed to have a relationship with God, guess what type of relationship you're still trying to have? As long as God is doing me good. See, us preachers, we know that. That's why we, we preach a lot of these TV evangelist sermons you'll hear. They know you really well. And they know that if they just tell you, look, don't worry about anything. Just send me $35 and I'm going to send a prayer hand and God's going to bless you. It's all good. But if God tells you you're going to have to quit living like this or acting like this or doing this or you're going to have to change or you're going to have to turn course or you're going to oh, no, I'm, I'm not doing none of that stuff. I'm not going there because y'all don't like me. No, I'm glad my parents got a degree from butt-whooping university. I am glad my dad got a good degree from there. He was valedictorian, I think, top of his class. And I know that ain't popping in our day and time, but listen to me. You keep just playing the one side, and you'll raise kids that think that's all love is. And unless somebody's good to them, and watch the kind of person that they date. Because listen to me, I used to be one of those old hound dogs out there, just like all them other young boys. Let me tell you something, we can smell you a mile away. We know as long as we just act nice around you and act cute around you and act good and just laugh and keep you laughing, we know you dumb enough that as long as I treat you good, then I can do whatever I want to behind you. Why? Because you learn love from one side. If somebody's treating me good, they love me. But if they're rebuking me, well, I can't tell you how many times I've stormed out of the house. I ain't got to live here. You know what my dad did? He said, you want me to take you somewhere, son? I'll drop you off wherever you Which corner would you like me to drop you off at? I'll even loan you my suitcase, son. Knock yourself out. I can't tell you how many times I'd spend a night over somebody's house. Over here. There's no more. What I had to train myself first was to realize is that my dad and my mom or the people that loved me, they were always, even when they were correcting me, was doing it for my good. That's a hard lesson to learn. But you can't go any further until you learn the lesson that even sometimes when people are pulling things away from you, even when I take my cell phones from my kids, and even, even when I have to tell them you can't do this and you can't, and they go, oh, they, don't, they don't think I love. When, when, even when all of that's going on, I have to realize, I hope one day they realize that I do it all because I want their life to move forward and not backwards. And the children of Israel struggled with this. They loved, they loved to hear it. But he said not only to hear, but to obey. The obeying part is the problem. Obeying is what gives us our, our situation because it's, it's hard to leave certain things. It's hard. The children of Israel, imagine where they were at. They were at Mount Horeb. Mount Horeb is also Mount Sinai. It's where the Ten Commandments was given. It's where all of a sudden the mountain started smoking and God started coming down on it. it it's a place where they, they had fire by day at, at night and they had a cloud by day and air conditioning all the time. They lived around this mountain and God fed them with manna and they didn't have to go out and fix anything. They didn't have to do anything. It was a good life. I mean, it sounds like, you know, this is what you want. Shoot, their clothes didn't even wore out. Their shoes did. The Bible says that even if they walked by a dog, it wouldn't bark at them. That's how blessed they were. That is good. And they're like, yeah, I could get used to this church. This church doesn't ask anything of me. This church doesn't ask me to do anything, doesn't ask me to show up. I, I don't have to volunteer. They just shake my hand when I'm coming in. And even if I'm out of bad attitude, they shake my hand when I walk out. They, they don't care if I complain. I mean, I don't have to do anything. It is, this is my kind of church. And they liked it till God says it's time to leave. You've stayed here long enough. But, but, but the Ten Commandments, it's time to move past the Ten Commandments. You got, you got to get past having a little plaque out in the front yard that says Ten Commandments. If that's all the religion you got, you, you're going to have to get past that. I mean, it's great that you got there. It's great that you got to the Ten Commandments and you, you hung one of those and set it out in your workplace and your yard. That's wonderful. I don't, but you can't live there forever. You can't just say, well, look what I did. 34 years ago, I put that out there. there, there there's a moment where God's going to say, it's time to move. It's time to move from comfort. Why would I want to leave comfort, Brother Lot, for discomfort? Why would I want to live, leave okay? I mean, because if I asked you, how's life? Well, it's okay. It's okay. I'm making it. You ever hear people talk like that? I'm making it. You making it? Is that good? That's like, what you doing? Well, I'm working, you know, quick stop. I'm working at the McDonald's. I'm working at the Wendy's. And Man, I used to be on the back. I used to have to take out the garbage. Now I'm the fry guy. I moved up. 
I'm, I'm okay. You doing all right financially? Well, I, you know, I had to, I had to do some stuff every now and then to kind of make ends meet, you know. But I'm making it. It's hard to trade that when God says, "I want you to trade it for discomfort. I want you to trade it for overflow. I want you one day to go to Canaan. I one day I want you to be blessed, brother. Lord, I'd, I'd like, I'd like to have that too. I'd, I'd like to have that. But I mean, it's, it's not as easy to do. Yeah, it is. It's as simple as hearing and obeying. If you look at my life, the very first step of my life to get me to where I am or anything, it is simply this. I listened and I obeyed. Do you think it was easy? No. You think it come natural? No. But your first step in this journey to advance is to listen and obey. Number two, he looks at them. Go back with me to verse six and, and let's read verse six and seven again. The Lord your God spake unto us in Horeb saying, you have dwelt long enough in this mountain. Turn you and take your journey, verse 7, turn you and take your journey to the mount of the Amorites. So number two, if number one is I've got to hear him and I've got to obey him, number two is that I have to turn and I have to take my journey. Look at the person beside you and say, you're going to have to turn and you're going to have to take your journey. To turn literally means this. It means to change my position. It means to change my my way of, of doing. My way, I have to turn. The way I've been pointed won't work anymore. The way I've done things won't work anymore. I have to turn, change the direction that I've been going. And God says, listen, I need you to listen and obey. And as you're doing it, I also need you in your person. I need you as a person to turn. I need you to quit, walk away from. I need you to let go of. And I need you to grab hold of other things. I need you to turn and change the position in your life. I need you to do this because the thing I'm going to ask you to do is hard. Some of us in this room, we have a hard time turning, letting go of the things. Remember what I said? Like grandma, we, we've got certain things that are just natural to us. There's certain ways we like to do things, certain ways. Shoot, there's certain places we like to sit in church every Sunday. We are conditioned to not want to turn, not to change. not. It causes us problems because here's the part. We also have to take a journey. And if you don't turn, taking the journey will be impossible. Let me tell you the difference between the 11 days and the 14, 40,000 days. Let me tell you the difference between 14,000 and 11 days. It's whether or not you can turn and you can take a journey. Turning means to do this, but now listen, to take means the responsibility. Here's the problem with the children of Israel. I, people always pick at the children of Israel and they always get mad. And, oh, I can't believe they did. Let me tell you something. They're a lot more like us than, they're a lot like us. There's a lot of things we would like to be better. There's a lot of things we would like to have more of. There's a lot, but there's a lot of things we won't want to let go of. And there's a lot of things that we keep dragging along the journey with us and we keep bringing along from our past and we keep bringing along from our attitude and we keep bringing along a lot of things that God says, you need to leave that. You need to just let go of it. You need to turn from that. You need to let go because I need you to take a journey because here's the thing about a journey. My part of growth, when I used to tell you, I used to storm out and, and, and I used to, 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 I'm not coming back and, I don't have to live here and I don't see what I didn't understand in that was the journey because I wanted what the children of Israel wanted. I wanted the freedom. I wanted freedom. And that's what the children of Israel cried out for. Give us freedom. Give us freedom from Pharaoh. Give us freedom. And God brought them out of Egypt, put them in Horeb. And for a little while, he said, okay, let's get you conditioned. Let's get you situated. All right, we're ready. Now I need you to go free. Okay. I want to go free, but here's the problem. Freedom comes with responsibility. That's what a lot of you didn't understand, wasn't it? You were just wanting to get out of the house. You were just wanting to have a baby. You were just wanting to get married. You were just wanting to find the right girl, the right guy. You just wanted to do what? That's all you really wanted. You didn't think any more about it. You didn't understand anymore, but you just wanted to be free. I want to be my own boss. I want to do my own thing. Nobody's going to tell me what to do anymore. I'm going to be free. Here was the problem. The children of Israel said, we want to be free. But then they realized, the gas bill ain't free. They realize that putting gas in the car is not free. Oh, it's fun. Now, listen to me. It's fun to complain about what other people giving you. Somebody buys you a shirt. I can't believe they, y'all know I don't like this kind. Y'all buy me this kind. 
Oh, it's, it's fun to complain about, about your bed and how it ain't soft as somebody else's. You see a commercial like, look, I got an old worn-out mattress, and look at so-and-so, I got them new Pactropedic, and, and why nobody gave me a new mattress. It's easy to complain about stuff like that. It's easy to complain about the car you have to drive and, and that somebody else got for you. And it's, it's easy to complain about that. But let me tell you something, sister. It's a totally different ball game when you got to buy your own car, and it's a totally different ball game when you got to pay your own rent. And it's a total, and it'll give you an attitude real quick because you think you're free, and you're gonna find out real quick there ain't no such thing as freedom without responsibility. Freedom, real freedom, means you gotta pay the bill. You gotta come up with it. And the children of Israel didn't expect that. See, they were always happy as long as God was footing the bill. God made things right. God made things. But the moment he said, now, it's time for us to do this together. It's time for us to walk through this journey together. Pharaoh ain't here no more to pay your water bill. What? Pharaoh ain't here no more to get you no new jeans. Pharaoh ain't even sending you a Christmas card this year. So when you walk around and think nobody loves you, you're probably right. You're probably right. All them old folks used to have, they don't love you. And it's about time you to realize it. They don't love you. Pharaoh ain't coming back. Pharaoh ain't putting no gas in your car. Pharaoh ain't showing up to the jail when they pick you up to bail you out. So you can understand why the children of Israel, when they started in their journey, when it got difficult, what was their, well, always they wanted to do? Why can't we? Some of y'all parents got them kids that keep coming back. Any of y'all got any of them? They can't, ain't figured out the journey yet? Yeah, yeah. They, 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 I just want my freedom. No, they're just too dumb to realize that freedom comes with responsibility. You, that's, that's what you got to teach them. You just got to keep pushing them out there. Just keep pushing them. Just keep pushing them. You don't love me. You, you don't realize how much I done killed you if I didn't love you. You'd be buried in the backyard and I'd be saving a lot of money. Believe me, love's the only thing keeping me opening this screen door all the time. Now, hon, you get hungry now. You come on back. Now, don't be bringing no more water bills. Don't be bringing no more stuff. You sleep in the car if you can't afford your rent. You can park your car right out there in my yard if you need to. Water hose outside and wash yourself off before you go to McDonald's and go back to work. But listen to me. You're going to figure it out sooner or later that freedom is attached to responsibility. Freedom takes it. And the children of Israel for 14,000 days. Forty years fought it. As long as God would give them free food, free bread, free, they were fine. But the moment God says, I need you to be responsible. Let me explain this to you. And I'm not being ugly. I'm trying to tell you as seriously and as honestly as I can. Advancing in your life and increasing in your life is a journey. It is not a moment. We live in a world where we watch soap operas and we watch reality, fake TV, and we think everything's a moment. Let me tell you what real life is. Real life is a long journey. It takes time to raise a kid from diapers to 18 years old. It takes time to journey, to get somewhere. It takes time to accomplish something that will last. And God was trying to teach them, listen, you're wanting freedom. I'm giving you a journey. We don't want a journey. We just want, we just want freedom. We just want to do what we want to do. There's no such thing. That's what Pharaoh gives. That's when you go back into bondage. That's when you go back into no future. That's when you go back into 400 more years of the same old thing. Your kids can do what your, you did and your grandkids will be doing what you did and you all can keep living in the same old trailer until the thing finally falls apart. Let me tell you something. You will stay in bondage as long as you decide to because advancing will take a journey. Some of you in this room, you'll be the first person in your room to dis- group your family to be the first one to get a college degree if you decide to. You'll be the first one. For some of you in here, you'll be the first one to, to get more than a GED from a lot of your family. For some of you in this room, you'll be the first one to get a decent job to actually move off of the 20 acres that the whole family's been living on for the last four generations. And everybody all's got a trailer over here and so-and-so got a couple acres over here. And I live behind mama's house and this and the shed and all. You're going to be the first one to break out and finally say, you know what? I am not living the rest of my life. I am fixing to do a journey and it's going to take some work and it's going to take some time and it's going to take some effort, but I'm coming off this mountain and I'm going into the Canaan land that I was meant to go to. It's a journey. 
Number three, he finally looks at them and he says, now go in, go in and possess it. You got to hear and obey me. You got to turn and journey with me. And then you got to go in and possess it. Let me show you what that looks like. It means that by faith, I'm going to make up my mind. See, there's going to come moments in that journey and there's going to come moments in that time where you will not within your own strength or your own ability be able to handle it. If you decide to to be on the dean's list instead of the C and D list, don't take a lot of effort to be on CD list. Make a decision to be on the dean's list. It'll take some effort. It'll take some extra work. And there'll be times when your buddies will say, hey, let's go out and get something. You're like, man, I got a test tomorrow. Oh, it don't matter about that test. And you're going to have to say, y'all just cruise on. There's going to come moments in your life where you're going to have to go in. By faith, you're going to have to decide to make decisions that's hard, believing that God can make up the difference. There's going to be times that you're going to have to make decisions. You're going to say, God, if you don't show up now, this thing's not going to... God's like, go in. Come on, you can do this. I got. I done told you. I've, I've been speaking to you. I told you to get here. Listen, go in. You can handle giants. You can handle the Amorites. You can handle the Canaanites. You can handle walled cities. You can. There's going to come a time where you're going to have to decide that I must go in. Go with me to verse 19 through 21. You must go in and you must possess it to take possession of it. It's yours. By faith, you've got to believe that what you're supposed to do and become is yours. Some will call you cocky. Some will call you arrogant. Hang in there long enough, most of them will call you boss. Hang in there long enough, most of them will call you sir. Hang in there long enough because possessing something starts by faith. That's what Bill Gates told those guys when he went and spoke at the commencement service. He said, he said, I know I'm here to speak to the graduating party. He said, but I'm here mainly to speak to most of you that are lower than. He said, I'm here to speak to most of you that didn't achieve what you should have. He said, you need to be nice to those nerds and you need to be nice to those people who did all that studying because in a few months they'll be your boss. That wasn't me. That was Bill Gates. If you like rich people. What he was saying was, he said, it didn't happen by accident. There's people that have over this course of time spent their energy possessing something and now they're fixing to get the fruits of it. The children of Israel had everything. They've had manna. They've had their shoes don't wear out. They've had every blessing. God has fought battles. They have, and here's what it says. This is the sermon that Moses preached to the children of Israel 40 years later. He said, and when we departed from Horeb, we went through all the great terrible wilderness, which we saw by the way of the Mount of the Amorites and the Lord, our God commanded us. And we came to Kadesh Barna. They made it. They made it. And I said unto you, You are come into the mountain of the Amorites, which the Lord your God doth what? He said, it's yours. All you got to do is possess it. It's yours. God has given it to you by faith. Just possess it. Behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before you. Go up and possess it. As the Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee, fear not, neither be discouraged. And you came near to me, every one of you, and said, We will send men before us that they will search out this land and to bring us word again by what way we must go up and into what cities we shall come. Moses is standing here and he's saying, it's time to advance. It's time to move forward. It's time to go. Hey, it's time to quit talking about it. It's time to quit dreaming about it. It's time to quit saying next month, you know, kind of like your workout program, we're going to start Monday. Monday, I'm starting Monday. It's time to quit quit talking about it, and it's time to advance. It's time to advance. It's time to start studying, get on that dean's list, that A list. You get to go on a lot greater trips when you're on the beta than you do when you're just a regular dumb kid. I know because I wasn't on none of those trips. And I used to watch my friends and the ones that studied and worked hard, and I used to watch them. Hey, where y'all going? Where are you going today? Oh, man, we're going to the Capitol. We're going. What are you doing? I'm going to history. I'm not on that bus. And I think about in my life, journeys. For some of you in this room, 
It's time to possess it. God gave you brains and God gave you ability. Yeah, it's going to be a journey. Yes, it's going to be a fight. Yeah, God gave you kids. Boy, they're going to pull your hair out sometime. But he gave you those kids. They're healthy kids. You're not at St. Jude's right now. You're, you're not at some hospital right now. They're your kids. You got the opportunity. Just, just rise up. Decide. God gave them to me. He didn't give them to me for the devil to wear them out. He gave them to me because God had a plan for them. He had a purpose for them. He had a destiny for them. Go in and possess it. Go in and possess it. Quit talking about what's wrong and what's not and how terrible the journey was and how hard. Yeah, it's all hard. Yeah, it's all uphill. Any of us past the third grade have been picked on, talked about, ridiculed, called a different color, name, shape, something. Every one of us has got a sad story. But that's not what's going to make you or break you. It's whether or not you're going to go in and do what God said, whether you're going to turn, do the journey, go in and possess it. I'd like to tell you the children of Israel did, but the difference between an 11-day journey and a 14,000-day journey is the children of Israel looked at him and said, you know, I know we're supposed to, but let's, let's just kind of check it out first. Let's look at it. Let's see what all we might have to do. Let's look. Anybody ever do that? If God just showed me what I'm supposed to do, I'd do it. If God just tell me how it'd work out, I'd do it. God says, if I showed you all that you'd have to go through, it'd scare you to death. It's scary. If God had to tell me, go back when I was 20-something years old and say, Tim, you want to be a pastor? Lord, show me what I'm going to have to go through to become this pastor. Lord, no. How many funerals I got to go through, Lord? How many lost relationships? How many people's going to break my heart? How many, how many times things ain't going to go right? How many times it's time I'm going to fall through a ceiling and, and crack the shin on my leg? How, how many, tell me all about all. Lord, I don't know if I want all this. God says, Tim, don't worry about it. Don't, don't, don't try to figure it out. Just go in and possess it. It's yours. Just go in and possess it. It's yours. And the children of Israel lost 40 years because what God told them to do was don't turn. Just follow me. Let's journey. And they said, we'll we'll just kind of want to see what it's like. And we know the story, don't we? If anybody knows much Bible, you know the story of the 12 spies that went into Canaan to see whether the land was good. And when they came back, 10 people, 10 negative people, Stop two million people from going into their destiny. Think about that. Ten negative people stopped an entire generation from going into their destiny. Who are you going to stop from their destiny? Because life is not as easy as you thought it would be. Marriage didn't quite go as easy as you thought it would be. Raising kids isn't as easy as you thought it would be. I'll come by to tell you that this year is our year of advance. There's some of you today, if you will let God, will carry your marriage next year to be better than it's ever been. There's some of you in here today, if you will let God, He will advance you in your work, in your business. If you will let God, He will advance you. He will make you greater, stronger, a better grandma, a better mom, a better dad, if you will let Him. I guess the best way I can share that story is is Jennifer. She comes to mind when I think of that because I knew Jennifer when she was in the eighth grade. And whenever I think of Jennifer, you have to realize I'm getting old now. I see a 16-year-old kid. I still do. And, and, I, and it isn't just a 16-year-old kid. I see a 16-year-old kid sitting on a bus on the floor while I'm driving it. Because when Jennifer and me first met, her mom would bring her to church, her and her sister. Her mom and them would come to church. First ones out the back door. Very rarely they got to shake the hand. It's like, they're gone. They were, they were gone. And as time went on, we grew that relationship, found out they loved forest bearcats. So I, I got to know more about the forest bearcats and the Morton Panthers and all the rivalries and, and just kind of built relationships because they loved sports. At that time, Jennifer's dad wasn't, wasn't saved. I tried to start building relationships there. I see that 16-year-old kid sitting on that bus looking at me and talking to me, and here's what we were talking about. She said, Pastor, everybody in my school is doing it. She said, there's very few of us, if any, that's not. Tears coming, because she, she's just wanting to fit in. She's wanting to, and here she done messed up and gave her life to God. And now she's got that voice in her, and she's fighting. She's journeying. And I'm trying to explain to a 16-year-old, hey, hang in there. Just keep walking. Just keep doing it. God's got a plan. He's got an awesome plan for your life. 
she had no idea that the guy that was going to take her to the homecoming court and all that would one day be a guy that would get saved in our church. They would date some and had no idea that she would get her degree in radiology and go on to Missouri and then he would end up there working in a in a company that was there building buildings and he was a manager over a lot of that and them two would get married. Think about it. The while she's sitting in school thinking there's nobody. I see that sixteen year old kid crying on the bus. And God saying, Just journey with me. I can see more than you can see. I can do more than you think. And now when her and Jim come into church and I see the two little beautiful kids they got, I think, man, if there's one thing I'll never miss, I don't want to miss God's plan. I don't want to try to substitute it for something that I've just come up with in the top of my head. I, I can make it. I can live with this. I can I'm going to tell you, to advance with God is beyond anything you could ever dream up or come up with or do on your own. Just journey. Just turn. Just listen and obey. And when God brings you to that point with confidence, you can go in and you can possess it. This year is going to be a year where a lot of you are going to get to do some of that. In areas of your life that you've wanted to see it for a long time, there's going to be breakthroughs. And there's going to be moments. And you're going to have a season like you've never thought. Pastor, you're just pre No, no. I'm just telling you what the Bible says and the God that I serve. He's not a God that wants to hurt you. He may rebuke you sometimes, but it's never for your hurt. It's always to get you to your destiny. Will you stand? Your journey has got you to right here. Your journey has got you to right here. You haven't messed anything up. You haven't missed anything. You haven't gone so far. It can't be put back together. You're just on a journey. But listen to me very carefully. There are moments in that journey and there are seasons in that journey to where if you don't make the right move at that time, it will cause hurt. Because of those 10 spies and because of that, a whole generation spent 30-something years, 40 years in a desert, and not one of them got to go into their promise. Their kids did. God just had to skip a generation and say, well, you're just going to have to just live yours out, but I'm going to take your kid, and I'm going to do it. God never quit the promise. He just said, and there comes moments in your life where it's time to leave Horeb. It's time to leave. It's okay. It's time to leave. I can make it here. It's time to leave. It is time to go to that place that you know is your promised land. The place you were meant to be. The place that God speaks to you about in your heart. But you've got to decide to listen and obey. You've got to decide today that, God, I'm going to turn from some of the stuff that I'm doing. I'm going to turn from the directions that I've gone. And I'm going to journey with you. You've got to decide by faith that by faith I am going to possess it. I'm going to see my kids... I'm going to see my family. I'm going to see my job. I'm, I'm not going to always be stuck right here. God, you're going to continue to carry me into my Canaan. If you're in this room today and you say, Pastor, I need to recommit that to him. Maybe your marriage needs to recommit that. Maybe you as a person need to recommit that. Just remember now, it's not anybody but him speaking. That's him talking to you. And he's asking you, you take a journey with him. But you got to be willing to leave where you are to go to something better. you got to be willing to change some things. Not for your hurt, so that God can do something better and greater. If you're in this room right now and you say, Pastor, he's talking to me, then I pray that right now you'll respond. You'll step out from where you are. You don't need anybody else. You just need to talk to him. We use altars as called a place of sacrifice. It's where we make decisions. It's where we step out. It don't mean you're not saved. It don't mean you're a horrible person. You may be. You may need to ask God to forgive you, but that's not what it's for. It's a place where we come and we say, God, realign me. God, let me hear your voice clearly. God, walk with me on this journey and show me the way. If that's you right now, I want you to step out. I want you to come. I want you to let God have that moment with you right now. Come down and just say, God, I just want to spend some time. I want to be able to hear you clearly. I want to be able to hear that voice the way I need to because I've got a lot of journeying to do. i got a destiny that I know I'm supposed to get to and I can't get there by myself.
I got some kids that I need to see saved, and I can't save them by myself. I got a marriage that's barely hanging on right now, and I, I can't hang on to it by myself. I got some folks that I love, and I don't know how to fix it right now. You're on a journey. God says, I'm going to bring you to Canaan if you let me. Father, right now, as you talk to your people, as we begin this year, that's going to be an incredible year, a year like many have never experienced in their life. This is going to be one of the most awesome years. We're going to see miracles we've never seen before. We're going to see things that we never thought even could possibly happen, but we've been praying for and they're going to happen. Father, I thank you because there's a season coming now. There's an advancement coming. There's an advance taking place. We're stepping forward. Allow us, by faith, to walk into those places we're supposed to possess. Father, today, I thank you. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for all that you do. Go with us as we journey this week. And allow us each and every day to hear you clearly, to be willing to obey, to turn where we need to turn, to realize that there's responsibility that comes along with our freedom so that we can possess the promises you've given to us. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go give the devil fits.